the uh, first Christmas Eve, Mary and Joseph, I always picture them entering into Bethlehem uh, that day. Um, the scripture doesn't tell us if they came in Bethlehem that day or if it was sometime earlier in the week, but uh, I always imagine it uh, being that day, um, coming into Bethlehem, finding that uh, all the rooms are full, that uh, somebody has graciously um, given them a stable to stay in, and, and that sounds like um, not a very gracious thing, but um, it was better than the tent that they probably had planned to stay in. They have a, a warm place, a safe place, a secure place. Uh, a lot of the time, the, the stable was uh, the, the first level of a home, um, and then the people would live on the second level. Cleared out, animals uh, moved somewhere else, clean, um, a place where Mary could potentially have her baby. Do they know that uh, it's going to be that following day? Are they getting some sense that that's going to happen? The conversations that they would have um, along the way, the conversations that they would have had that day, probably every day, uh, for as long back as they found out that they're going to have this child, revolving around who will this be? What kind of a person are we getting ready to bring into the world? The idea of a miraculous birth is not necessarily new. Uh, there had been many throughout biblical history, uh, but nothing like this. This is so different. Even Adam was only human, formed out of the dust. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being, but he was still only human. Abraham and Sarah were told in their old age they would have a baby, but Isaac, again, was still only human. Samuel was prophesied. Um, his mother was said to be uh, unable to have children. Eli, the priest, prayed for her, blessed her, and prophesied that the following year that Samuel would be born. Samson's parents received a message from an angel that they would give birth to a deliverer, and he would have these unique qualities and uh, he would have to have a special diet, and he would have to have a special plan for his life, but he was still only human. But what Mary and Joseph are about to bring into the world is fully God and fully human, unlike anything that we've ever seen before, unlike any person that has ever existed in the history of the world, born of the Holy Spirit, born of prophecy, and they're getting ready to welcome him. And the conversations are just, who will he be? What will he be like? How will this be? I think Mary probably would have pondered constantly the conversation that she had had with the angel Gabriel. 
The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus means God saves. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. So Mary and Joseph, thinking through the words of the angel, receive word from the government that uh, they have to find themselves in Bethlehem, which everyone has to go to their city of ancestry, for the census. Now, Mary and Joseph, being um, from Nazareth, and Mary being in her ninth month of pregnancy, probably were assuming they could have a uh, safe, peaceful, um, secure uh, birth in their town with their family, with their friends, in the home that they've been in. Um, but God had different plans because you know, the prophet Micah had said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, as soon as they heard that they needed to go to the city of their ancestry for the census, they knew exactly where they were supposed to go. They didn't have to look it up. They didn't have to do any research. They knew precisely what their ancestry was. Every Jewish person knew exactly how to trace their ancestry all the way back to Abraham and beyond that. 2,000 years of genealogy, every Israelite knew. They knew their family line. They knew their heritage. They knew every ancestor and how they could trace it back, and they knew exactly where they were supposed to go. As soon as they heard word that they were supposed to go to the city of their ancestry, they both knew that this was Bethlehem because they were both of the line and the tribe of Judah and the line of David. I believe they probably both remembered this passage from 2 Samuel 7. God prophesying to David says, I will... Raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. Mary traces her ancestry to David uh, through Nathan, one of David's sons, so that the Messiah would come from the line of David by his human birth. Joseph traces his family line to David through Solomon, so the Messiah would also legally, because our legal precedent comes from the Father, that he would receive the throne of, the king, of David and Solomon. And the prophecy 
begins to build and fulfill in their minds and their hearts, and they begin to put together some of these things that God is working it all out. And so they traveled uh, about 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, probably a little slower than the rest of the group. Um, normally, 20 miles a day is, is average pace, but we have a, a, a lady who is very pregnant, um, taking it a little easy because we don't know at what point we're going to give birth, and we don't want to do it on the road if at all possible. So maybe it takes seven, eight days to get to Bethlehem. So they're probably in the last group, maybe the last people to enter Bethlehem. And they find themselves in the most humble situation that you can imagine. And they begin to ask this question. Our son is the son of God. He is legitimately by birth and by legal right the heir to the Jewish throne. God has declared that he will be king. And what kind of a king will he be? How will he be king? How can we possibly produce a king? Here's what's so amazing. Philippians 2 says this, Christ Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. A humble king. One day, Jesus will rightfully rule his creation physically. He will manifestly rule over his world, his universe that he made. Sin and death and wickedness will be cast away, everything will be made new, and he will rule over it all. One day. But today, he is glad, he is willing to rule as king of our hearts by faith. He is the rightful ruler of your life. Amen? And this is what we celebrate on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The King of our hearts, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ.
And Father, we thank you that you gave us such a king who would humbly come to this earth in human form, fully God, to be the Savior of each and every one of our lives if we would simply by faith claim, call out, invite, accept your kingship. And Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, as we worship, we've come, we've set apart some time, we've suspended or included, but we've come to this place to honor your name. And Lord, we pray that as we do that, that you would meet with us, that you would do what only you can do. You are the one seeking and saving the lost, and all we can do is say, Lord, I want to be found. And we glorify you that you're willing to make your home with us. And so, bless us tonight as we worship, we pray with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen.